This podcast is a part of the Dragon Suplex Podcast Network. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and visit us at chopskicksandnearfalls.com for daily articles about wrestling from around the globe. Welcome wrestling fans. Welcome to Curtain Jerk and as always I am your host Jacob Grandi reporting for WrestlingWithWrestling.com and Dragon Suplex Podcasting Network. I hope you guys are having a good one for everyone listening from America. I hope you had a great first week back of football. My Panthers lost by four points but we put up a hard fight. Um... And I'll take that. I think it was game of the week. I think it was pretty much the closest game I saw. Uh, I didn't watch every game, though. We're playing the Bucks, who also lost this week, next week. So look forward to more football talk on this wrestling podcast for the weeks to come. I hope we beat the Bucks. They're in our division. They have Tom Brady. So it's just a double whammy if we get the victory there. But a double whammy this week would be... New Japan Pro Wrestling from Japan, September 11th. Kind of the calm before the storm of the G1. I'll get into the G1 a little later. But we had a big six-man tag to kick off the show, to curtain jerk the show. Yuya, Yuta, Gabriel Kidd versus Hanma, Kojima, and Nagata. Talk about a lot of these guys quite a bit, except for Hanma. I wonder why Hanma isn't... You know, going up against these uh, young lions in the first match of these shows. I want to see more Hanma. Uh, but this match was awesome. Yuya and Nagata strike battle right off the top. Big running dropkick from Yuta, or Yuya, sorry, stomps a mud hole in him. Scoop slam by Nagata. Kick out at one. Nagata gets the upper hand and lights Yuya up with kicks and forearms. Kojima tags in and continues to whoop Yuya's ass, so much so that Kid had to just run in for no reason. Hanma gets the tag, scoop slam, one, two, Yuya kicks out, one, two, Yuya breaks it up, Yuya in trouble here, or Yuta breaks it up because Yuya was getting pinned. Sorry guys, these names are a little confusing. Uh, Yuya does land a beautiful dropkick and tags Yuta in. Big man going off here, drop kicks Nagata, running cross body to Hanma, one, two, no. Kid and Kojima are going at it. Kid with strikes, but then he eats a big chop from Kojima. Yuya eating a chop as well. Yuta eating chops, everyone eating chops. Kojima going off, and... Uh, Kojima going off kind of reminds me of old school MLW. MLW is coming back soon, so just look forward to those reviews on this podcast. I'm going to kind of, you know, it seems like the indie scene has uh, sunk their foot into uh, the modern way of doing wrestling here. So now I'm going to maybe throughout the next coming weeks and months kind of start bringing my attention to maybe the upper tier guys like you know i know slammiversary is coming up i'm going to do a review of that ring of honors doing shows again mlw's doing shows again but i digress we're going back into this matchup kid suplex one two no but then he locks in the boston crab kojima gets to the ropes koji cutter one two yuya breaks it up all hell breaks loose here. Big lariat by Kojima. One, two, three. Hanma, Nagata, and Kojima get the victory. And I said there was a double whammy 
from New Japan on September 11th because not only did they have this show, which was in the morning if you lived in America, but they also had New Japan Strong later that night. It was getting longer and longer by the week. It started out 30 minutes. Now it was 1-11 this week. Adrian Quest and Regal, one of the Regal twins, team up against TJP and ACH. Talk about alliteration. ACH standing there did not fist bump TJP on the top of the ramp. I thought that he was legitimately pissed at him, but then as the match kind of went on, I could tell that maybe ACH was just... uh, playing up uh just being pissed off here regal goes for a pin it was kind of awkward here regal lands a drop kick ach lands a drop kick tjp tags in quest gets the advantage but not for too long tjp locks in the emma lock here a ach comes in attacks regal for no reason regal didn't look like he was about to break up anything quest in trouble ach and tjp cutting the ring in half regal getting in there finally gets the tag another pin on ach one two ach kicks out quest dives on both of them lands a standing shooting star one two ach kicks out and lands a ddt to ach makes a tag tjp double stomp Goes for a pin, 1-2, Quest kicks out. TJP dies on Regal, but Quest takes advantage of ACH with a kick. Quest goes up top with a 450. ACH gets his knees up. Big neck breaker, 1-2, Quest kicks out. Huge frog splash. ACH stays on him here, 1-2-3. ACH gets the victory. TJP kind of tries to celebrate as ACH just stares at the camera, kind of doing the Damian Lillard here from last year's NBA playoffs. TJP tries to celebrate with him. ACH doesn't really give a shit, doesn't really acknowledge TJP being there at all. Um, I wonder if this is a Jeff Cobb, Michael Elgin situation. I wonder if this is ACH just playing a character, but it definitely was noticeable the lack of chemistry these guys had after and before the bell. During the bell, I mean, these two guys are all professional. Next match was a banger as well. Danny Limelight versus Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero kind of trying to uh, take Danny Limelight under his wing the hard way a little bit. Maybe beating some sense into him, beating some respect into him. Rocky goes after the arm and lands a dropkick back to the arm. Strike battle. Pace picks up a little bit here. Limelight lands a dropkick. Rocky rolls to the outside and then Limelight gets running dives over the rope with a twisting cross body to rocky on the outside this was really fucking cool gets him back in the ring one two rocky kicks out limelight landing some kicks rocky just bitch slaps limelight brain buster one two limelight kicks out slam by limelight one two rocky kicks out again forever close lines both men down both men exhausted drop kick one two Limelight kicks out yet again. A sliced bread attempt gets reversed by Limelight. Fisherman Brainbuster one two. Rocky says no yet again. Rocky locks in the armbar, and Limelight finally taps out to the veteran Rocky Romero. This was the match of the show for me.
And we got some Bullet Club matches for the rest of the show. Gorillas of Destiny versus David Finley and PJ Black. I thought this was pretty cool here because every person in this match is a second generation wrestler. G.O.D. trying to get control of the pace here at the early going. Dropkick by Finley. Tags in PJ. Double team by G.O.D. One, two, Finley kicks out. Second rope elbow by Finley. Tags in Black again. Springboard crossbody by Black. One, two, Tonga Loa kicks out. Moonsault. One, two, Loa kicks out again. Goes up top. Tonga pulls him down. He racks himself. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny go after Finley. Black still on the top rope. Loa picks him up. Loa slams him down one two three god look strong get the victory here we go into the main event kenta versus jeff cobb iwgp us heavyweight number one contender briefcase on the line that kenta won in the new japan usa cup or usa new japan cup the first one ever a tournament they did on this show that i reviewed on this show i forget the name of it but it was very i mean it was a good tournament but i i was surprised here at the outcome of this match i'll get to it a little later kenta Right away, the bell rings. He goes up to the outside and stalls. Kenta comes back in, trying to control the pace. He goes after the leg of Jeff Cobb here. But right before that happens, big belly-to-belly -belly suplex by Cobb. Cobb then kind of goes downhill for the man. Goes after the leg. Cobb really hurting, really feeling it. Consistently being having his leg attacked here by Kenta. Cobb tries to fire back, huge forearms. Cobb tries to run in, you know, into the ropes, giving Kenta a lariat. Cannot do it. DDT by Kenta. Misses the double stomp, though. Samoan drop by Cobb. One, two, Kenta kicks out. Cobb still really hurting here. Ref down. Kenta gets a chair. Cobb ducks. Goes for a pin, but no referee. Low blow by Kenta. GTS. Countered by Cobb, goes for a pin here, one, two, and then that dirty motherfucker Chase Owens rips the ref out onto the floor, grabs the briefcase for Kenta, Kenta uses the briefcase, another ref comes in, GTS, one, two, three, Kenta gets the victory, that asshole wins again and keeps the briefcase chase owens helped him out and i was just wondering like this was the perfect opportunity since kenta is in the g1 to maybe drop it to cobb but cobb is in the g1 as well maybe cobb having that briefcase could be something that he could sink his teeth into during the g1 at the end of the day that was not the case i hope that they're still going for what i talked about a few weeks ago on the show which was a kenta moxley matchup i think that would be a super strong matchup however they can get that done a main event anywhere in the world literally i know that phrase gets thrown around a lot but kenta and moxley would be a main event anywhere in the world be something i'd like to see jeff cobb and moxley would be cool too but we saw that on AEW a few months back kenta versus moxley i'm gonna guarantee that we have never seen that as far as the wrestling community is concerned and that would be something really cool especially with a title attached to it if they can somehow use kenta in an AEW storyline kind of like they used thunder rosa of re recent weeks 
that would be really cool, but I don't really know how they're going to be able to do that, especially now that Kenta, once again, is over in Japan for the G1. But speaking of the G1 here, let me just go over the blocks here. Very similar to last year. A block, Abushi, Jeff Cobb, Okada, Ishii, Will Ospreay coming from the UK. He's back after a very uh, stressful quarantine, I'm sure, for him. Shingo Takagi, Suzuki back in the G1. Tai Chi, unfortunately, is in the G1. That's awful. Jay White back in New Japan proper for this and then you got Yuji Rotakahashi in the G1 I cannot believe it how this man made it in there I mean you have Kojima you got Nagata you got Hama you got a lot of people you could put in there good for I mean good for Yuji Ro but how how are they going to use him in a believable setting they're going to have to do some bullet club fuckery and that does not go over well with the Japanese audience like of course their heels they get booed but this is like go away X-Pac heat to the max you can just feel the energy in the room just like a collective eye roll from everyone in Japan and I'm kind of tired of it too I love the G1 for great matches and with this the Bullet Club involvement that they've done for the past few years it's it's kind of really uh, taking the wind out of the sails of something that I hold dear uh, maybe that's what they're trying to do, but uh, I wish they would maybe do it some other way. As far as this block, the winner of this block, I can see Jay White going far. I can see Okada going far. I look forward to Ishii and Osprey Shingo matches, Jeff Cobb matches. I mean, this block is definitely the block to watch, if you ask me. it's uh, th- This is a little one-sided here this year as far as the blocks are concerned. A block is the block to watch it's the block that is hot but going to b block you have tanahashi the returning juice robinson goto yano yoshihashi returning to the g1 almost as shocking as yujiro if yujiro wasn't in the a block i would say that's the most shocking pick of the whole tournament naito sonata zack saber jr kenta and evil out of this block um Tanahashi in years past has done had amazing G1s. I can see him having amazing matches. Uh, they just had the title on Evil, and they took it off of him with just one re- reign or one victory that he had. Um, so I can see him going far in this. I can see Sonata going far in this. I think that Naito is going to be alive the last night, but maybe lose to one or two people. I can see him losing to Sonata and. I mean, if you're going to do it, why not have Evil beat Naito in the G1 and then set up the Tokyo Dome match, Evil, Naito, yet again? Just brainstorming here, folks. I have no clue what they're going to do here, but I'm really excited for this. I can't believe after a stressful summer, after a hard summer for the whole entire world, we have NBA playoffs, NFL regular season, and the G1 all at the same time. Uh, This is my three favorite things as far as sports all at one time. So I'm freaking stoked about this shit. That's my G1 preview This is not the end of the show. I'm going to stop talking about New Japan. I'm going to talk about ICW No Holds Barred 6. For people that checked out the last Curtain Jerkin, they saw me talk about Pit Fighter X. And I got to say, I love ICW. It's a... 
It's ridiculous. It's uh, definitely a spectacle. When Jim Cornette calls this out, the outlaw mud show promotion or whatever he referred to the indies, it's kind of like comical because it's like, of course, this is an outlaw mud show. That's kind of what the fuck they were going for. Back in the barn, just like they were for the Pit Fighter 10 or Pit Fighter X, rather, sorry, and uh, Hate Breed Paul Heyman, the Booker's out there hyping up the crowd. His arm is broken somehow, I don't know how. And we get our first match Akira, the guy who jumped off the Super 8 Hotel in Atlantic City. We all know and love him from that. And Eric Ryan, King of the Deathmatch 2020. And this is the curtain jerker. Akira knocks the fork out of Eric Ryan's hand and then Eric Ryan pulls another fork. Akira gets that fork out of his hand. Eric Ryan pulls another fork. He's got a whole table setting in his jeans ready to stab Akira's face with because he is the deathmatch champion. I thought that was a really cool spot. Akira locks in a submission. Eric Ryan stabbing him to get out of the submission, stabbing him with light tubes, tries to punch a light tube <laughs> on his back, but just keeps missing the light tube keeps falling so he just really just lights up akira's back super stiff super snug like two or three times missing the light tubes but definitely connecting with the back running sent on by eric ryan one two akira kicks out both men down both men to their knees akira it's a bunch of light tubes on ryan had a solid little match going here and then all of a sudden atticus kogar shows up uh on the second level, like uh, on top of where the wrestlers come out at, distracting Akira, and then Eric Ryan gets the victory. I know Eric Ryan and Atticus Kogar are a part of main heel faction and everything in ICW 440, fuck Ohio, but uh, this made me feel like I was watching an episode of Raw, and if you are ICW, that is probably a pretty big insult i don't mean it to be a big insult but raw is pretty stale for me i don't uh enjoy watching it i kind of just watch main event and go over the highlights for you guys for this show but uh yeah it's been stale for a while and it's stale because of a lot of distraction finishes and things like that to where you really don't ever really get a true winner of a match so when i'm watching these alternative programs and they're just kind of doing that shit too it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth but that is nitpicking to say the least this was a pretty good opener and they are setting up two younger guys moving forward this was a pretty good card though tony deppin versus joe gacy next match death valley driver through a door one two three deppin wins but Deflin cuts a super awesome promo about Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy apparently headed to Florida. He was going to quit wrestling in 2016 because he seemingly fell in love with a woman, but it was that woman who said, you cannot quit wrestling. That's what's cool about you. Don't give up what's cool about you. And here he is making a shit ton of money, staying with it. Alex Ocean comes out, reveals that he injured himself, probably because a Demento... Heavy, heavy weight falling on top of him the night before. Then 
And a man by the name of Brandon Kirk shows up, goes up against Dominic Garini. Gotch-style pile driver through four open chairs. Granini gets the victory. Hatebreed Heyman puts Greeny over quite a bit here. Says he's a full-time member of the roster now. But I've been watching uh, a lot of these shows. He's been on a lot of them. Uh, I feel like that was a little bit behind the curtain. They didn't need to do that. They could have just put him over. And then slowly we see how good he is. You know, just like wrestling. I I'm going to say I think the Booker puts himself over a lot on these shows when he could just sit back. Hey, man, it's his show. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Casanova Valentine versus Jeff Cannonball. Jeff Cannonball, ridiculous. Uh, jacks off his belt like it's his dick. Comes out with a mask. Very heavy set man. Casanova Valentine throws him through a shit ton of lights for the victory. Then we have my favorite match of the night, Eddie Only versus Schlack. Eddie Only immediately takes this crowd to Larry Land, rolls out of the ring, doesn't want any part of Schlack, taking beers from fans, smoking cigarettes, Schlack throwing chairs at him, Eddie Only trying to smash light tubes on the ground. He doesn't want to get hit with those things. I thought that was cool, but the crowd did not. He tried to leave, but then here he is, Larry Legend, the ring announcer pissed off just like everyone there in new jersey brings him back in huge pop people are cheering like crazy for larry black lands an elbow drop off the top one two only kicks out schlack drops him again only ko'd they ring the bell then we have reed bentley versus atticus kogar an insane match man they're stapling dollar bills to Atticus's face throwing each other through light tubes butterfly suplex off this was a crazy thing they built they brought in a ladder and they put the ladder like a scaffolding diagonal across the ring on the two turnbuckles butterfly suplex through a door off of that and Reed Bentley gets the victory. Atticus Kogar, though, slowly building respect from this ICW crowd. Announcers really putting that over. Atticus looked like he definitely needed to get some stitches, bleeding a lot from the back of the head. I'm not sure what happened there. The main event, John Wayne Murdoch versus Odin Vault. Hey, John Wayne Murdoch... I said kind of bores me here, but I mean, if he's going to do this crazy shit, I mean, I can see why the people love him in ICW. They set up this giant structure. Match really just builds to this giant structure where they, uh, it was some guardrails and then in the, uh, some guardrails set up sideways. And then in one of the rungs of the guardrails kind of set up like a ladder was a door. Then there was glass. They set the glass on fire. They got up to the second story and John Wayne Murdoch hit a Canadian destroyer through all that shit and won the match. Apparently, he lost the first time these guys fought. He won the second time. They set up a big rubber match. They put each other over. They're not, you know, rivals, but this is definitely a rivalry, and I'm looking forward to the rubber match if they're going to do some crazy shit like that at least. I hope you guys enjoyed this show, this little bonus episode that I've been doing on Mondays. Let me know who you think is going to win the G1 As always, guys, fly high. I'm out.